Hi gorgeous, this is episode 3 with our amazing guest, the world-class entrepreneur Bob Berg, a sales and influence authority. Hi, this is Bob Berg. You're listening to Heart Sells with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with a total sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold 800,000 copies and has been translated into 21 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is The Go-Giver Influencer. Gorgeous, make sure you check out the show notes. I have put you in all the links to the books and you want to really make sure you have a look, you dive into the material because you will love it as I did. This would be your go-to books when it comes to heart cells. Bob is also an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town, Jupiter in Florida. I am so excited to have him here. So let's dive right into the interview and talk about sales, the mentality, um, how to deal with rejection, and really about how money is the echo of value. Hi, Bob. So wonderful to have you here. Welcome to Heart Sells. And I'm so looking forward to this amazing interview with you today. Well, thank you. I always love having a chance to speak with you. Awesome. So much fun. Yes. You know, the listeners might know that you are a leading authority on influence and referral marketing, but there might be a little bit more. Can you share something we don't know about your area of expertise yet? Well, I think it really more has to do, Christine, with just general... Um, communicating with others in a way that hopefully brings out the best in everyone involved. I think when we can always be focused on providing value to others, we're always creating the environment, what I call that benevolent context for success. Good okay. things are bound to happen. That's, that's awesome. So, you know, you as an outstanding and heart-centered salesperson yourself, you seem to be super confident in making offers and selling. Was this always the case? No, and I, I suspect it probably wasn't for most of us who, who learned to, to sell. Um, you know, that you, you, you hear a lot about the natural born salesperson. And, and while I think like anything else in life, um, that could be the case with some people, uh, I don't think it generally is with most of us. Uh, it certainly wasn't with me. I knew nothing about selling, so I had to really learn it. And even as I did that, I think, uh, asking for the order, you know, closing the sale, if you will, that was something intimidating to me. And again, I think it is to a lot of people before they, they learn how. Uh, so I think it begins with having a, 
it, it begins with having very much of a belief in what you do and how your offer is or how what you offer is bringing immense value to another human being. But even that, I, I know plenty of people who truly believe in the value they bring, yet when it comes to asking for the sale, there's a real shyness about it. Okay. So, you know, again, there's lots of reasons for this, but some of it comes down to uh, not knowing how to do so in a way that is, that is, uh, that sounds, that feels appropriate. Okay. Some is the old, uh, you know, recordings in the mind that you shouldn't ask people for things, right? And that's even if you're bringing them more in value than what you're asking in, in payment. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of reasons. No, I'd say when I first started, it was very difficult for me. I, I remember saying things to myself like, oh, I can, I can sell, but I, I can't close the sale. Well, if that's the case, then you can't sell because you've got to be able to close the sale. You've got to be able to, to ask for the order because most of the time, not all, but most of the time, it doesn't matter how much this person wants what you have, they typically aren't the one who initiates the, the sale, right? You need to ask. So unless you can ask, unless you are uh, confident enough to do that, it's hard to be a successful sales professional. Yeah, yeah, and that that really is an issue for a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, they have. And, yeah. Well, there's a dichotomy that that treacherous dichotomy that goes on. Well, am I doing something good for people, or am I trying to get something from people? Right. And we call that the treacherous dichotomy or the false dilemma, which is the unnecessary use of the word or. And see, we would say it's not one or the other, it's both. You are bringing them, providing them exceptional value, and you are receiving just compensation for that value. So it's actually, it's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it, it's really hard to see for people, but we will dive sure. into that a little bit later. What I would love to know when <laughs> um, you started out your sales journey, do you remember the very first thing you ever sold in your life? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure there were things when I was younger that I, that I did, um, like everybody else, you know, you, when you were in the younger and they were, you know, whether you were selling, I don't know, I'm trying to even think what it was. I, I actually don't even remember, but whether it was door to door, you know, uh, I, you know, something I, I can't ever remember. Can't even remember. That's how much I think I love sales. Yeah. And I can't even remember the first thing I sold, <laughs> you know, when I was, when I was younger. Um, but whether it was, you know, fundraising contest or, you know, for school that we've all done, but I, I just yeah. don't even remember what it was. Um, now my first sales job officially, and this was after I got out of broadcasting, because uh, that's where I started. Uh, I was selling advertising time for a TV station. So that was, you know, that is easy for me to remember because that was my first professional uh, sales job. But, but that was where I realized that I knew nothing about selling and I had to seek out the information and learn. Hmm. And do you remember your first sale? Do you remember that feeling? Uh, maybe when the fax came in or there's probably no email I, I like that. Don't. <laughs> I, I don't remember my first one, but I'm just trying to think. But I remember the general feeling back hmm. then when I, would, when I would have a sale completed. And how good that did feel. Yeah. Uh, 
you know so so yeah it's <laughs> I, I i do remember my very first sale in my um corporate job and um how how happy it was like how wonderful it felt that somebody actually said yes yeah oh sure sure right? So yes to, to the product, but also that yes to me. To you, absolutely. That's yeah. a to me, it's a wonderful confidence builder. It's a wonderful feeling uh, to know that you're worthy of that type of trust from another human being, and that you are able to communicate that worthiness of trust. Yeah. And and that's something where a lot of you know heart centered salespeople, if you will, that they have that that issue. You know, if you're a coach or if you're a uh, you know, a massage therapist, or if you're a chiropractor, or if you're, you know, somebody who, who based on what you do, you're healing others, or you're in some way, there's that, there's that, uh, you know, that unconscious thing that, that says, well, but, but should I be making money from something where I'm providing so much value? And the answer is yes, that's exactly what you should be doing. You should be earning a, a great income from serving a lot of people in a wonderful, wonderful way. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. But wh why do you think people have this kind of block? I think it's the messages we get from the world around us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, business is not supposed to be fun. Just like, you know, you go to school five days a week and then, ah, vacation for two days. You know, you go, <laughs> you know, for a couple months and then, ah, a week vacation. That's fun. School's not supposed to be fun, right? Uh, Work is work. You get up five days, you go to work, and oh, but the weekend. And that, well, all that, you know, is to say that that work is not fun. It's not pleasurable. Uh, it's not, it's something you have to do. What about something you get to do? And when you have a job that you love, and so sometimes there's a feeling of guilt. Well, I can mm -hmm. see getting paid for something because I don't like it. Right. And I, I, that doesn't make sense when you think about it, but it intuitively that, you know, uh, but but what if I like it? Do I have a right to be paid for something that I, I love doing? Mm. And so again, you've got to just have this conversation with yourself and say, yeah, I mean, why not? Who made the rule that you're not supposed to like work and you can only get paid because you don't like it? Yeah, awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I think another really important component for people is to understand that if their cup isn't full, they can't give. And especially these heart-centered people, they want to give, give, give all the time. But, you know, when, they, when they're empty and burned out, there's That's nothing right. to give. And the more money they make, the more they can do for other people. Yep. So that's amazing. So after, after you finished in the corporate world, did you, did you know you were made for that entrepreneurial journey? Did you have that feeling or the, the want to um, start your own business? Oh, yeah. I, I was always pretty entrepreneurial. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. D yeah. Difficult for me to, you know, to work within a company, um, you know, and have to follow a set of rules that I didn't necessarily agree with. Bureaucracy mm -hmm. is something that uh, I've never enjoyed, whether it's government bureaucracy or even big company bureaucracy. I've always felt it was so counterproductive and spirit squashing. Uh, I'm really more of an entrepreneur by nature. So, yeah. Okay. So you always knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, you know, as an entrepreneur uh, in sales, especially, but with no sales, no entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have like these ups and downs. 
Um, how do you deal with rejection when people say no to your offers? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't like it. <laughs> I, and I can't imagine anyone really liking it. <laughs> Now, well, I here's, why I, here's why I say this and why I, I joke about it. And, and I don't recall if you and I have really discussed this before because we've, we've discussed a lot of other aspects of sales and personal development. But, you know, there's sort of a, in the, the field of personal development, which sales is a part of, and it's, it's what you and I both do, and, and many of, of your listeners, we're all involved in personal development. And there's sort of a, what I call a political correctness in the sell, personal development movement. And that's, you're supposed to always see things as being great. And so, you know, rejection, I love rejection. It gives me the chance to go where to get... No, we don't like rejection. We're human beings. Who likes to be rejected? No, it's yeah. not a matter of liking it. It's a matter of understanding that that's just part of the process of success. Okay. We can reframe it in many different ways. I, my friends, Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton wrote a wonderful book called Go for No. It's a business mm. parable that reframes no. It doesn't mean you have to like the no, but it means you reframe it to see where it's actually getting you closer to your goal. The more no's you can get. Now there, the, the premise of their, their book and the subtitle is yes is the destination. No is how you get there. That allows you to much more effectively deal with the no's. You know, I wish that book was written when I first started in sales because it would have been very helpful. But it's not a matter of, of you know, liking rejection or liking the no's. It's just a matter of understanding it's part of business. It's part of life. You're going to get them. And if you want to be successful, you need to be able to, to deal with it. We can also reframe by saying, you know, hey, a no is not the worst thing. And the word's not pleasant. But there are a lot worse things in life than someone telling you no or rejection, rejecting your, your offer. And so, sure, we can reframe, but let's also be honest with ourselves. It's not a pleasant thing. I don't think it's something that we, we seek out as much as we just, you know, I've often said that, you know, when, when, when people quit after hearing no a bunch of times before they make their first sale, they, 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 they're potentially great salespeople or entrepreneurs who could do well, but they you know, they quit after they hear some no's. It's not the no's necessarily that got them. I think it's that they think they're the only ones who have to go through all those no's because oh, yeah. they look at people who've succeeded or gotten to a certain point where they want to be, or they see them walking across the stages, getting these awards and, and adulation and all these things like, oh, well, it was easy for them. They, you know, they've just, everybody told them, yes, well, it's not the case at all. These people filled up a, you know, five gallon barrel of no's in order to get that quart of yeses, but the quart of yeses, you know, was what they needed. Um, and so, so I think when we understand that no is a very natural part of success, that, that no rejection is a very natural part of the success process. Again, it doesn't mean we have to enjoy the no or the rejection, but we can more easily deal with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think not taking it personally because it's no to your offer or no, the sure. time is not right or no, exactly. I have some money. So um, I, I've seen so many people who took it personally right. and then right. couldn't deal with it. So exactly. I think learning... Exactly 
just, you know, being open and seeing like if maybe something is not understood or not all information um, are out there for the client. Mm -hmm. so that's really, really important. And also just keep going. So many people say, well, I, you know, my offer is not working. And then when you ask, it's like, well, 10 people said no. Ah, exactly. No. Yes. And you yes. think like, what? You know, for my very, very first uh, deal, like high ticket sales over the phone, I had like 47 no's. Of course. That, for each, right. like hour on the phone. So that <laughs> was a long time and a long hustle. But then the yes came and I understood yeah. it's not you know, it's not me. It's definitely mm -hmm. what I put in, but you know, um, it's wonderful. Yeah. So seeking out rejection and keep going brings you to success. So how do you deal with rejection today? You just let it under, you know, get the no and move on and don't take it personally. Like what tip could you give people to kind of recover when they feel bad about it? Well, again, I, I think it has to do with asking yourself, is this the worst thing that could ever possibly happen? And that answer is definitely no. <laughs> There's a lot worse things that could possibly happen. So yeah. you just, you just move on. You, you, a lot, and you know, you don't judge yourself for feeling badly about it. You, you, you accept the fact that of course I'm going to feel bad. Who wants to know? But mm -hmm. now I'm, it's time. Now it's next. You know, when people say no, you just got to say next and move on. And the most successful people I've known, I can't tell you how many stories they've said, and, and you alluded to this with the, you know, the number of calls you made when you were first starting out that, you know, people have said, I remember one woman, Dr. Gail Carson, I love this when she, uh, she had said, you know, I, I, she, the business she was in, she operated out of a directory and it was just names out of a directory. She just made calls. She goes, and you know, I made calls and just got so many no's. She goes, I just wasn't concerned with the no's. I was only concerned with the yeses. Mm, I mean, that's yes. kind of an attitude, you know, that you just kind of have. And, and so I, I, I think it's that same way. Now, if someone is, is again, in, in a heart centered person will sometimes, you know, they'll take that personally. And I would just ask you to kind of, kind of check your premises a little bit and ask yourself, why should I take that personally? Uh, not only does it not serve me, but is it really personal? Is it really something? So can I just give myself permission to accept that most people are going to say no because that's life and just move on to the next person? Yeah. So if people um, have their own, you know, create their own services and products and they know it's valuable, but sometimes, you know, when you create it yourself, it's kind of hard to see the value that it brings to others. Right. What could you give people to help them understand that still bringing that value to others and asking for the sale is a good thing and they should definitely go for it and try it so they can have a business instead of a hobby? Well, understanding the value we bring to others is an absolute key to being able to ask for and receive the kind of money you deserve and that will will um keep you abundant okay so it's it, it just it, it it must be done or you cannot have a successful business uh now what you said is right on the mark it's often most difficult for us to embrace our own value why because we are human beings 
And as human beings, we are emotionally involved with ourselves. Um, we, we know the uh, negative aspects of our personalities or character or whatever. We've, we've, we've been there when we failed, right? Because, we, you know, we're us. <laughs> and so I, I can't tell you how often I've, you know, been mentoring someone on the phone and they've told me, uh, you know, what they're doing. And I said, wow, that's, that's awesome. And they've said, oh, no, no, everybody can do that. And they weren't being falsely modest. They just, that's their belief. Because remember, they're around themselves all the time. Everybody yeah. sees the world through their own unique set of beliefs, their own unconscious operating system. But we tend to believe that the way we see the world and experience the world is the same way other people see and experience the world. If we can do this, well, why can't everyone else probably can too? So because of that, we diminish our own value. Part of value in a market-based society is that you have something that is in demand, um, but that is not in great supply, right? <laughs> that's supply and demand. When you have something that's in, uh, when you supply something that, that is relatively rare and, um, and more people demand it, you can charge higher prices. So to understand this, you've got to understand why what you do is special. Now, someone might say, well, what if I sell a product or service that really isn't special? It's a commodity. I mean, it's great, but there's a lot of supply. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what you've got to do then, and, and I think we did talk about this last time, is you've got to be that additional value yourself. You've got to communicate that through what we call the elements of value. What an amazing interview with Bob Berg. And this was just part number one. Make sure you tune into part number two, where we then will be talking about the elements of value and so much more. So I hope you have an idea of how to deal with rejections right now, what to do to feel much better, that you have learned that a no means not now. Maybe that helps you in your next conversation. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and check out the show notes at christineschlonsky.com slash podcast. You have everything listed, all the amazing resources Bob talked about. And also you will find a way to enter the success library where a really amazing sales meditation is waiting for you, as well as a sales journaling prompts that help me to make millions in revenue. So don't miss out and join today. Talk to you next time.